0: today on the Friday Fix. The, the issue at the moment is there is a lot of willingness to deliver sustainable aviation fuel, which is the sort of interim measure there, but industry needs a bit of leadership from government.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Paris Court's Friday Fix podcast. This week, we're looking ahead to the Paris Air Show, where the entire global industry, including Paris Court's client Airbus, We'll be gathering for the first time since before the pandemic in 2019. Here to help us see what's coming is an ex-colleague of mine, Ollie Gill. He's the Telegraph's chief business correspondent. He knows most things worth knowing about the aviation scene. Thanks for joining, Ollie. Hi there. You were at the IATA conference in Istanbul a couple of weeks ago. What were the big issues front of mind for the industry and what sort of things do you expect to see coming out of Paris this week? The big issue that still sits around and sort of looms large is the sustainability question and how...
0: Aviation meets their ambition of meeting the various different targets that they've put in front of them. It's it's a conundrum that's going to require lots of different moving parts to be dealt with. And out of that, it's the questions around how does sustainable aviation fuel feed you into the conversation? Where do hydrogen planes? Where do electric planes feature? And they make a feasible difference this side of twenty fifty. Some would say not. Beyond that, I think at the conferences there is a lot of concern especially among airlines, because obviously IATA is an airline-specific body, about spare parts, lots of questions around engine performance, which may seem quite in the weeds, but it does have real consequences for airlines that are increasingly having to park up their planes because there simply isn't the
1: availability spare parts or indeed engineers or anything like that to actually fix them. That's an interesting point. Just to take the sustainable aviation fuels point, I mean, there's some pretty demanding targets out there in the sector. How well positioned do you think aviation is to actually meet them? There
0: there lies a, a huge debate because the issue at the moment is there is a lot of willingness to deliver sustainable aviation fuel, which is the sort of interim measure there. But industry needs a bit of leadership from government now, various different governments have set up the ambition to deliver certain targets, but the industry and the bosses will say they want to have some kind of subsidy so they can actually start that up. In the US, that's quite strong and under the Biden administration's IRA. In the EU... The Inflation Reduction Act. In the EU, there's there's a starting zone there. But in the UK, people are still waiting for brain work in which can kind of incentivize investment in our sector.
1: So you talk about the the supply-demand issues in aviation at the moment, and, I mean, we might see a few big orders announced in Paris next week, and there's some really interesting things going on there, isn't there, as a former economics editor. Aircraft orders, I think, was it 1,200 in the first five months of the year? And are there actually the parts to deliver these
0: planes? The parts is one side of things, and then there's the actual supply chain into the actual aircraft themselves. Mm -hmm. (laughs) the strange bit about it all is in many ways it sort of doesn't matter when the orders are announced because if i'm (laughs) going to be dreadfully cynical if i like a lot of these orders they get announced but that it is a lot of jam tomorrow i would step back from it and go actually paris is the first time since 2019 that this has gone ahead it's more a matter that this is going to be a showcase for lots of different things and how the world has changed we will see orders but as a journalist, I've got to say I fail to get massively excited about the orders because they, they're they all kind of
1: meaningless and they don't really have an impact today. Mm. That's an interesting point. From an editorial standpoint at The Telegraph, what are your big interests in aviation at the moment? What, what's the things that float your boat as a reporter? What are the things that do well with The Telegraph? There's a couple of things. We touched on sustainability and there's that wider point around
0: should we feel guilty for getting on an aeroplane. And I think that's it's a debate that will continue to rage. It's like, should I eat beef? It's very easy on one hand to say, well, I'll take the train because it's got low, lower carbon emissions. But you talk that to people in developing nations that have never got to see loved ones or that rarely get to see loved ones because they can't, because the planes aren't available and now are coming on tap and suddenly say, well, no, sorry, you can't have the benefits and everything that, that people in the West or developed nations have had because. By the way, it's now naughty to do that. I think we have to be very careful on that. So that interface there between uh, aviation and doing the right thing is is certainly an interesting one. Another one that that has cropped up quite a lot is flying over Russia. Since China wrote back on its zero COVID policy, Chinese airlines are now restarting. Hmm. And there's going to be a lot of traffic and a lot of pent up demand for people to travel from Asia from China and from India. Now, Chinese and Indian airlines are using Russian airspace. Other airlines in the West are simply not. Why? Because flying over Russia requires what's called an overflight payment. That goes straight to the pockets of the Kremlin. 2019, that that was just shy $2 billion that generated for the cost. So it's no small amount. Mm. At the moment, if you're flying to London from Beijing, it's two or three hours longer to go via British Airways. Yeah. Because you have to fly around Russia. Now, that's got two different dynamics <laughs> there. A, the emissions. <laughs> well, A, it's not good for emissions, is it? And B, simply, if I've got a choice and I'm I'm not bothered about whether
1: or I just want to get there as quickly as possible, why would you go on BA? That's a, an interesting one, isn't it? In terms of your interaction with the aviation industry, what are you interested in hearing from from individual companies? Is it profile interviews, industry trends? When someone's approaching you as a, bombs- what do you want to hear about from them? There's an, an
0: awful lot one can say like oh, it's not just aviation but across the wider thing of where people come to you with this is what we want to happen a lobbying mm. perspective and we'll write those to a degree but what i am more interested in is not so much what people want to happen but what is happening so if we think of a difference let's say the sector is pushing for a contract for difference framework to stimulate greater sustainable aviation for We'll write those stories. That's interesting. But what am I really interested in? I'm interested in what is the government going to do? I want to know before anyone else if the government has decided to absolutely skewer this and say no, no chance. I want to know why they're doing it. I want to know the interaction, perhaps, between various different government departments. Has the Treasury put the push on it because it's going to cost taxpayers money? All of that side of things. So I think the what is happening right this moment rather than what the people want to happen. as a distinction that I think people that sometimes trip up on.
1: No, that's, that's a very fair point. Well, I think we should probably leave it there. And finally, congratulations on your new gig at the Sunday Times. Thanks for being a guest. Please.